Welcome to Season 3 of Passing the Peace, featuring Amy Meyer and Nancy McCraney. Passing the Peace is a podcast with a progressive look at faith, religion, God, the Bible, and some other stuff. If you're listening right now, it only takes a few clicks to help us out. You can subscribe to Passing the Peace, you can give us a review, and you can even share the podcast with someone who might be interested. So in today's podcast, we talk about images, images of war and images of God. And we also talk about this crazy story that you can find in Genesis 15. And I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the story, because if you've never heard this story before, then when we start talking about it, you'll be like, what are they saying right now? So in a nutshell, Genesis 15 uh, tells us the story of Abraham, who at this time is named Abram, because his name hasn't changed yet. And Abram meets up with God, and God decides to make a covenant with Abram. They do this by taking animals, cutting them in half, and laying them on the ground. And then God puts Abram into a deep sleep. And then a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between the cut up pieces of animals. That's the story in a nutshell. So we talk about that, but we also talk about the war in Ukraine. And that's where we'll start right now. I was listening to a commentary this week about the war in Ukraine. And they were saying that this is the first major war uh, that has had social media around in this way. It's just this kind of a social media activity happening during a war. And they were talking about the images that are going viral all over the world. And one of the things they were saying is that Vladimir Zelensky has been very successful at using social media to rally the world to the Ukrainian side. And of course, at this point, there's not really anything that Russia can do on social media to look good and to win the popularity war. But Zelensky, on the other hand, he comes off great on social media. He's going out of his way to show that he, he's there in Ukraine. He hasn't left. He's not off somewhere in a palace playing puppet master. He's actually there. And he looks exhausted. He looks like a beleaguered leader. And it's been very helpful that he's been able to show the reality of the situation to the entire world on the internet. Just to give you one example of how the Ukrainians are being compared to the Russians, there's this one image that's gone around lately. And on one side, it's Putin meeting with his defense secretary and one other official. And in that photo, you can see this enormous, fancy room, very fancy pants, all kinds of elaborate gold trim and molding, looks like maybe even some marble. And they're sitting very stiffly at the longest table in the world with Putin at one end of the table and the other two guys all the way down at the other end of the table. And I don't know how far apart they are, but in the picture, it looks ridiculous. It looks like they're like 50 feet apart. And then posted alongside with that image is this image of Vladimir Zelensky with his defense secretary. And it looks like they're just two guys wearing t-shirts, taking a selfie with their arms around each other. And so with with the photograph of Putin, it's this cold, stiff, 
ostentatious image. And then on the other side, it's this warm, friendly sort of of the people kind of image. So I thought that was all very interesting. And it got me to thinking about images, how the image of Russia looks versus the image of Ukraine or the image of Putin versus the image of Zelensky. And then this lectionary passage from Genesis popped up. And this is another kind of an image. It's an image that the Bible paints for us of what God is like. It's the kind of image that gives us an insight into who God is and what God is about. And the story here in Genesis starts with the phrase, after these things. But, so the scripture um, is so interesting. And you brought out that it starts with, and after these things. Mm -hmm. And that that was the first time that phrase is used in scripture, but it's used all the time subsequent to that. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. And I'm just curious, and we may not have the answer to this. We probably don't. To what, there's probably a lot in that. Yeah, phrase that we don't even understand all these thousands of years later, but that the people reading it would have heard and would have maybe signaled, oh, this particular kind of story is about to be told, almost like once upon a time. Yeah. And so I I wonder about that and Mm -hmm. after these things. Yeah. And now you're about to hear, pay attention. Yeah. You're about to hear something pretty surreal. Pretty surreal. Yeah. Yeah. Get ready. Yeah. And it's this scripture of Abram has just been through these wars. Yeah. And I was like, wait, really? I don't remember that part. I know. It's so crazy. Went back and read it. I don't remember what they were called. Like the 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 War of Nine Kings. The War of Nine Kings, yeah, which just sounds like a like a series on Netflix or something, The War of Nine Kings. And the things that happened, these things, in the previous chapter, described a war that Abram was involved in. That war in Genesis 14 is often referred to as the War of Nine Kings, because at the beginning of the chapter, it lists the nine kings who formed into two groups and went to war against each other. And what happened at the end of the war was that Abram led an army of 318 trained men into enemy territory and was able to bring back all the goods and all the people that had been taken in battle. So he accomplished his mission, but he also created some pretty powerful enemies. So it makes sense that he might have been feeling kind of anxious and that he might have been looking for some assurance of security. And that's exactly what he's looking for. God promised Abram more than once that he would have offspring to inherit his house. But many years have gone by and Abram wants to know, is this really going to happen for me? And God says, yes, your offspring will be as abundant as the stars in the sky. God is like, go look at the stars. You're going to have descendants that are more than the stars in the sky. Yeah. I, I remember that scripture from 
childhood. Yeah, you know? that was a popular one. And maybe time. more than the sand on the beach. I, I just remember something about sand and stars. Like, that's a lot. Yeah, um, that's a lot of kids. Whoa. <laughs> um, and you got there by just having one. Yeah. And then you look what happened. And, and that, you know, God is reassuring Abram, no, I've, I've got this. I've made a promise to you and I've got this. And then you kind of move to this war that we're watching mm-hmm. in Ukraine and, and highlighted that this is the first time we've had a true sort of social media mm-hmm. curated War. I mean, I can go in the middle of the night, if I wake up at 2 a.m., I can go on Twitter yeah. and see that air raid sirens just went off again in Mariupol yeah. or in Kiev. Yeah. It's just immediate. And then mm-hmm. the images and the videos and the, the drone pictures of the mass graves. I mean, it's horrifying and and impossible to ignore. I mean, I guess you can. I can't. And some of the images are so devastating and compelling. And I just think about one of the first images was of that older woman shouting at that Russian soldier. Oh, right. Yeah. You better put sunflower seeds in your pocket so that something good will come out of your death. Mm-hmm. Um, and sunflowers. And now you see sunflowers everywhere. You yeah. know, they're on people's Facebook pages and Twitter accounts and. You know, I've just seen him everywhere, and they've come to take on this deeper meaning because of that mm-hmm. video that went viral. And then God tells Abram to go and to get some specific animals. So Abram gets the animals, and then he takes the larger animals, and he cuts them in half, and he puts one half on one side and the other half on the other side, so there's like a path between the cut-up pieces. And then the two birds, we think probably because they were smaller, he doesn't cut those in half, but he probably put one bird on one side and the other bird on the other side. And then a peculiar thing happens. Or I should say, I should say another peculiar thing happens. God puts Abram into a deep sleep. And we see a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch, I assume floating, on the path between the animal pieces. The smoking fire pot and the flaming torch, that sounds like two different things, but it was probably actually meant to be one big thing. A fire pot with smoke coming out and then rising out of the center of that, a flaming torch. The important thing is that it's an image that represents God. Remember, we're talking about images. And if you think about it, it's no stranger than some of the other images of God in the Bible, like the burning bush or the pillar of fire. The thing that's important here is that this fire element is the symbol for God and that it's the fire and therefore God that passes between the animals. And the reason that's important is that the way this type of covenant was usually made was that the two parties making the covenant would stand on opposite ends of the path between the animal pieces. They were facing each other. And then they would walk through towards each other and then passing each other in the middle. And the idea behind that was to say, this is a binding covenant. 
And if you break it, then you will be cut in half like these animals. And I agree that if I break it, then I will be cut in half like these animals. But in this covenant, the animals are there and the path is cut, but God and God alone walks between the pieces. This is a covenant that God makes without conditions. Then God, as in the image of a flaming torch, a fire pot, a fire smoking, pot. Fire smoking fire pot. Smoking fire pot. I had to look torch. that up. <laughs> and they were like, that's like an oven, like a portable oven that people traveled with and they made bread in it. It was like a smoking fire pot. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And a flaming torch goes through the middle of the, but all the way through. Yeah. So it's not, and it's almost like, no, this is not let's make a deal, Abram. This is, I made you a promise. Mm-hmm. And this is who I am. And I was even, I'd love to know what you think about this. Like I was thinking about the fire image. Uh-huh. I mean, fire is so primal. Yeah. We have to have it mm-hmm. to have warmth and food. And um, and it's also easily, um, well, it's e- it can get out of control really easily. Like fires can be really dangerous. We can't manipulate fire completely. Mm-hmm. So I thought that's a great image for God mm-hmm. of this consuming fire, but also life-giving fire Yeah, that you need to be grateful for, but also you can't really. Yeah. What's the um, C.S. Lewis saying about Aslan? It's something like, is he safe? No, but he's. He's good. Yeah. <gasps> yes. Not safe, but good. He's yeah. not safe, but he's good. God makes this covenant with Abram and his descendants, and therefore with us, because we are the spiritual descendants of Abram. This was God's response to Abram's concern and his need for assurance. Abram was worried about the survival of his name. He had this image of children in his head, and that was what he was focused on. But for us, we worry about what's going on in Ukraine. We worry about the threat of nuclear war. We worry about the refugees. And maybe we worry about other things too, like like the Russian protesters being arrested by the thousands, or the economy, or the gas prices, or food security. And maybe we even worry about other, more personal concerns that we might have. This has really captured my imagination because I was thinking about all the things in our lives that just feel beyond repair or Mm -hmm. impossible. And I would think for Abram, he was getting older, nowhere. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, and I, I've been there before so many times. Like, wait a minute. I thought we made a deal. <laughs> I don't say that out loud, but in my head, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. I thought we made a deal. Yeah. That if I was a good person mm-hmm. and I did good hard work yeah. and I treated people well mm-hmm. and, you know. The universe is going to line up. 
and I, and my people are going to be safe. Mm-hmm. Bad, really bad things aren't going to happen to them because I've we've made a deal, and I think God's saying it, mm, I've made a promise. Mm-hmm. And so, since I've heard that sermon, I was thinking about what are the parts of my life that I need to sort of that have either already been cut into. Mm. And that I lay before God as, as an offering and, and watch for that flaming torch to move toward me in the midst of all that wreckage mm-hmm. and say, this is the image of who I am and I will never leave you and I will never betray you. Um, and also you can't control that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I also was curious, I'd never thought about this before, that, you know, Abraham and his heir, so he got his heir, got Isaac, and then later in the story, he apparently hears a voice telling him to go sacrifice Isaac. Yeah. And then an angel stops his hand Mm -hmm. and says, don't do that. And, you know, I'm just so curious about this whole theme through his life about can I trust God? Yeah. Is God going to be faithful? Mm-hmm. Except, and that's the question that we all have is, can we trust God? But again, the Bible flips it on us and tells us God is trustworthy, but are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and is it that I am trustworthy when I trust? Like mm. when... That it's this given, it's this, like the Trinity, it's this circle of, Mm -hmm. and I know I've said to you before, I got to a certain point in my life where I thought, I trust God with everything except my children. Mm. Because I don't think anybody loves my children as much as I do. And I know what they need and I know how things should turn out. Yeah. And then, you know, sure enough, if when you have young adult children, especially, you really don't have much choice. Mm-hmm. They are not yours anymore, and right. they never have been, but it becomes very clear right. that to give them to God is the only way to stay sane and whole. Yeah. And that can be really hard. Yeah. And so learning to put, the way I think of it is like, just rest my whole weight mm-hmm. in that trustworthiness of God. Mm-hmm which might feel like a deep sleep, like just sleep. I'm, I, this is my work, my promise. Yeah. Don't mess it up, you know? So what do we do with this story from Genesis and this image of God with everything going on in the world and with everything going on in our lives? We'll talk about that in just a minute when we come back. a statistic that Ukraine produces, Ukraine and Russia together produce 12% of the world's calories. Huh. And that was a breathtaking statistic to me because you think these are now two countries that are depleting their resources. Yeah. One by choice and one not by choice. Right. And what is that? What are the ripple effects going to be? Yeah. You know, wheat, 
A lot of people get their wheat from Ukraine. I had mm. no idea. Hmm. A lot of people in Europe get their gas from Russia. Right. You know? Yeah. So I do think there's a lot to be concerned about. Yeah. So then how would you reckon with this image in the midst of all of that devastation that is, you know, split in two and spread out Mm -hmm. and that flaming torch. I saw this image, this talking about images, I saw this image online of um, a Ukrainian flag where the, I think it might have been a painting on a wall, like a mural, where the blue and the yellow had been torn apart Mm. and there was like a hand kind of coming up out of nowhere with a needle and thread and the image was clearly like halfway sewn the the flag had been halfway sewn back together and I think about that image it seems like it does seem like the entire country has been cut in half and sacrificed for other people's gain. Mm -hmm. And when we think about God's intentions for our world and how opposite that is from God's good creation, and yet we can still see this image of God walking the path of the broken Walking amongst the broken. Yeah. And holding the promise. Yeah. You know, I remember another image that was so powerful was at the train station in Poland and this whole line of strollers mm-hmm. that women in Poland had donated so that when the mothers fleeing arrived, they could claim a stroller. And those images are are out there also. Yeah. And I think maybe that's part of this message. Yes, there is sin and evil in the world, and that's not all there is. I am in the world, and I have made a promise that I will always be in the rubble with you, whether that's in your own personal experience, you know, that maybe there's something you feel like is inside of you that's wrecked. Yeah. I'm there. I'm a flaming torch moving all the way toward you. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you need to do. Or the actual rubble with dead bodies and genocide and a war. I'm there with those people and with everyone, you know. Yeah, as a purifying fire. Yeah, right. Or even a, a fire that, that bakes bread. Yeah, how interesting that that smoking fire pot would be a place of nourishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. And so we hope for you that you will be able to find places of nourishment, even amidst all the chaos. That's it for the podcast today. Remember, it only takes a few clicks to help us out. You can subscribe to Passing the Peace. You can give us a review. And you can even share the podcast with someone who might be interested. This is Amy Meyer coming to you from the First Presbyterian Church in Elgin, Texas. You can find us on our website, 
at www.fpcelgin.org. That's First Presbyterian Church in Elgin, Texas. If you enjoy the kinds of conversations that we are having, and if you think that these kinds of conversations are important, then we invite you to come and join us. Join in on these conversations if you're in the area. And until next time. The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Now go and pass the peace to everyone you meet.